Hi, guys, and welcome to The Approach with your host, Patricia Deanna and Cal Kamuna. Happy New Year. Our first podcast of 2023, and how is your 2023 going so far? (laughs) Uh, I mean, I had a great celebration. Um, I I went to like three different parties on New Year's, had some friends over. Um, my friend shot some fireworks, uh, like a dumbass, and uh, yeah, like she she did it badly, like it she did not aim it properly. Let's just say that. Uh, I do not recommend, but yeah, I had a good time. I got sick after, so I think my one of my friends had a sore throat, so I got sick, so I've been at home mostly, but uh, good, it was a fun celebration. I was sick too. I got sick like legitimately probably two days before Christmas. Um, You ever get one of those colds that just won't go away? Oh yeah. Oh, and then then I was, uh, I was given an overdose of medicine. I won't say by who, but somebody over drugged me. I don't know. It overdoped me. <laughs> what weed? No, Mucinex. So Mucinex? yes. So there's like a daytime Mucinex that you can take. What is that? It's a, it's a cold and sinus, like cough oh. congestion oh. medicine or whatever. So, um, <clears throat> I was, didn't know, but I accidentally took double the dosage. And so we were going to go get coffee and I'm like, I can barely see straight. I can barely walk. And then my conversation was just so loopy. I'm like, oh, it's just such a nice day. And, and uh, later we found out that I had uh, overdosed on, um, on Mucinex. So, but you know what? It ended up, it ended up speeding up my recovery. Um, so I wonder if that's what, just what you need to do is just overdose on mucinex and then maybe you get better faster. Who knows? But cause, um, everything else was taken too long, but I'm happy I'm working out again. Uh, so that's nice. I feel like more of myself. I've got some, some like goals in going, um, <clears throat> in the process of working on a book proposal. So, uh that's exciting it's for the ladies so um very excited and looking forward to that but I'm excited because somebody has a birthday coming up and he is going to be a really big boy (laughs) he's going to be more of a grown grown man So I know you hate your birthday, Mr. Capricorn. All Capricorns hate their birthday. <laughs> yeah, rightly but, so. Rightly so. But honestly, I feel like your birthday tomorrow gives me something to genuinely celebrate. So mm. I hope that you don't hate your birthday too much because I will totally be going over the top. And <laughs> well, yeah, I'm glad someone is celebrating my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> So you've never really done anything for your birthday your whole life? Uh, Well, like, it's not that we've never done it. It's like we didn't do it growing up. And then I think we kind of fought for it at one point. And then they attempted at it. Um, And I just, it was always disappointing. And they could tell that I was disappointed. So they just stopped. Um, And... I think it's not just my birthday. My birthday is kind of like the last, uh, like like head to the nail. You know, it just it just slams me in the coffin. But, but it's really just the holidays in general, like Christmas, New Year's, and my birthday combined, just like make me feel like shit. Uh, like growing up, it would be, um, like people are going like school ends for like the winter holidays all my friends are going away to visit family or something and uh and even if they're not even if they're right next door they're celebrating christmas and you know they're busy so i'm stuck at home not celebrating christmas watching christmas movies then new year's hits again nothing really happens 
Um, and then my birthday comes, that's when school starts again. And I'm, I'm going to school. Everyone's like happy, excited, talking about what they got for Christmas, asking me what I got for Christmas. And I'm just sitting here like, it's my fucking birthday, but I'm not going to say it. So it just felt awkward. And there was like guilt and sadness are like surrounding it and um anger you know just like a lot of anger too so just and i don't even like gifts like i mean i like gifts but i don't like gifts on my birthday like gifts on my birthday feel shitty because they usually are shitty because people don't know how to buy gifts i'd rather get a gift randomly in the year of something that they found that they thought of me even if it's once every five years if it's like something random that they saw they're like oh this is so cal and they bought that for me or they bought me an experience that's cool. But like, I hate, um, I hate like them giving me a gift, it's, especially when it's money. It's just like, to me, that's so disrespectful. <laughs> oh I love, wait, wait, I love money as a gift. Like to me, money is the most respectful present that I have ever received because I think because I have such a unique personality and very unique taste. Um, and most gifts offend me. <laughs> like I can't stand a shitty gift. <laughs> Um, That's why you're getting nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot stand a shitty gift, but every now and then someone will surprise me and give me a great gift. But anyways, um, so like if you give me money, I'm like, so, you know, you know that you would be terrible at picking a gift up. <laughs> yeah. But like you know, when it's someone close to you and they give you a hundred bucks, more. that pisses me off. Cause I'm like, why do I need a hundred bucks? Like, they're like a hundred dollars is enough to buy you a fun meal at a cool place. Like that's a great night at sushi. No, then take me to a great night at sushi. But, that's what I'm saying. Give me an experience. Like literally take me out somewhere, do something with me rather than giving me money. Let's do that thing together. Like it's so to me, it's, it's like, I don't know anything about you. I can't figure you out. Even though we've known each other all these years, here's some money, you know, cause I'm going to pick it. Don't buy me a gift. Buy an experience, take yourself out and include me in it. I'd rather that than. Okay. So what if, what if I were to take you out to some fine, fun place? Don't tell me about it. And then give you a gift and then give you money. Would that offend you? Uh, I would be like, why are you giving me money? Uh, uh, like you gave me a gift and you took me out that'd be stupid i'd be like what the fuck are you like that that's like that's like you're rubbing my face in how great of a person you are and i'd be like no you suck like you suck because you need to show me how great of a person you are no 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 thank you that's just what i am i love really hard not only that i hate when people talk to me about what they want to do on my birthday i'm like just fucking do it just fucking do it i don't want to hear about it just like, if you want to do something, be like, hey, do you want to do this? I'm like, okay, let's go. Oh, like, hey, God. come out, come outside. Okay, get in the car. Okay. What you, what you mean to say is you want people to celebrate you without you having to put any work or, or effort into it. Fantastic. <laughs> Fucking, do you hit, yeah, right there. I don't want to have to think. Like, cause thinking about it just makes me depressed. And also me, the idea of me, planning something to celebrate me sounds so disgusting like it sounds gross as fuck I can't do it just like I mean I can't and I think I talked to my accountability partner um yesterday and he told me you know if you have a shitty day tomorrow you you have to spend the whole year to make sure that next year you have a great time on your birthday and all I could say to him was like (laughs) yeah I'm going to agree with your accountability partner. Oh, yeah, well, I agree with him. I'm not like, here's the thing. I I see myself outside of my body and I'm like, Cal, come on. Yeah. Celebrate. Like, come on. We love you, Cal. I love you, Cal. So you should celebrate yourself. Everyone should be. You like celebrating others. Why is it different for you? I don't know. I just can't get over it for some reason. It's just it's like, it's so obvious. I'm I'm very like aware of it and I'm looking at myself and I'm still like, bleh. Well, you won't get your birthday present on your birthday from me. So <clears throat> at least yeah. there's that. Yeah. Thank you. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Um, so I don't know. Your energy is kind of reminding me of Andrew Tate and Andrew Tate <laughs> quite a week. 
this week. Do you want to talk about your boy? Don't you call him my boy. I mean, I don't hate him. I actually, I still, I still don't know what's going on, to be honest. Like watching the whole thing, I'm like, well, yeah, they're still going to try to fuck him. Um, But to me, I don't really have my mind made up. I don't really have an opinion on it. I don't, again, to me, whenever I hear Andrew Tate, he is speaking to men. He's speaking man language. Women are not going to like be able, it's not something they can digest. It's not palatable for them. So they're automatically going to hate him and they're not even going to hear the things that are awesome about him. At least most women won't. And they're also seeing all these clips. Obviously you're going to hate him. I, when I listen to him, I'm like, yeah, smart. Oh, fuck. Like there's always these misogynistic comments he puts in the middle. I'm like, why are you saying this shit? So that makes it hard for me to listen to. But at the end of the day, I don't know how much all the stuff that's stirring up in the media is true. And from, from my point of view, I feel like people are just jumping on to attack him as quick as possible because it seems like the same information that was spewed before. Um, but I'm not sure. I really am not sure how to look at it. Right now, I'm kind of just patiently waiting to see what comes up. And then I'll make a decision once I have all the facts. Because right now, I'm like, I don't love him and I don't hate him. I, I kind of respect him, but I wish he wasn't such a douche when he talked about women. Um, and I wish he made, I wish he talked in a way that was digestible to women because those are the people that should understand him the most. Like, it's kind of like when people are um, preaching whatever they're into, like the environment, and then they hate anyone who doesn't do what they want them to do. I'm like, well, those are the people that you need to change their minds. So maybe you should speak in a way that's attractive to them so that they will actually jump on the bandwagon and care about your cause, right? But like, they don't care. They want. They only have the supporters that already support them. That's Andrew Tate. He has supporters that already support him. And you know, for me, it's just like I'm watching. I'm seeing what's going to happen. It's kind of it's kind of interesting. So I quickly want to go through why he's had such a bad week. So he's basically been arrested on charges of rape and human trafficking in Romania. Um, now what I don't like is how he's being reported on, um, because I just don't feel like it's necessary. Do you need to put misogynist influencer in front of his name, but whatever. Um, I don't like him. I'm not a fan of his, but I just feel like I don't like mudslinging when it's unnecessary. Like you can decide people can make their own individual individual decision on whether they like him or not. But um, one of the biggest uh, allegations in his arrest is basically uh, tricking women or coercing them into um, basically making porn videos um, under threat of violence. So obviously these are serious allegations. Um, he, I know he's going to be in prison for like the next 30 days or something like that. Um, I'm not sure how long. No, he got, I thought he got out. No, that's a rumor. He's still in. Really? Are you sure? Yep. So um, I find it kind of interesting, though, um, that somebody like Andrew Tate um, is everything that women fear. You know, he he's he has very violent misogynist language. Um, He has very aggressive energy. And then these allegations um and the arrest come out and it to to like any woman with half a brain it would say yeah I'm, i need to stay away from this very yeah. masculine or misogynistic person mm-hmm. um so while i too see that there he isn't all dark matter <laughs> yeah. um there's no way that I could ever like truly associate with somebody like him and feel confident or comfortable. Like he's the type of person I would make sure had nothing to do with me or my friends. Like if one of my friends started dating Andrew Tate, I'd be like, I love you, but I can't watch you go down this rabbit hole. I can't be part of this. Yeah. Um, again, like I, I had nothing really changed for me. Like for me, it just like, I can't really trust the media. I don't really trust uh, the media in general. Like I, I don't watch the news for a reason. Um, I kind of just wait to see how things play out. I don't like how he talks, right? Like that's that's really all it is. I don't like how he talks. And p- 
part that's a lot of the misogynistic stuff to me feels like he's just playing around like he's not playing around but he's like trying to get attention and it's a great way to do it like he's creating a lot of anger and it's great for publicity so to me it's like he's in he's playing this role to get this attention because it doesn't make sense to me to hear something coming out of his mouth that's so smart and then 10 seconds later hearing something so fucking ridiculous and left field it really doesn't make sense to me and that that's that's him all the time whenever he's talking i hear like okay he's making good points and then he says something out of left field i'm like whoa so i don't know i for me i'm just patiently waiting how it plays out i really don't care what happens to be honest it's not a part of my life um but i i do think that he, he plays a role in men's issues like that that is one thing that i think like i think the reason why a lot of men gravitate towards him is because he's so loud and cares about men's issues but he, again he doesn't care about any other issue my issue with him is that and with most men is that, that a lot of them are still in this immature phase of masculinity and to me when i look at him the way he even describes his past i am not shocked <laughs> like he even uh puts his father on a pedestal for not staying around you know like his his dad wasn't in the home like he'd see him like once a year or something like and he would put him on a pedestal for that i'm like no maybe he didn't have a, a he didn't have a positive masculine role like a, a mature masculine role and now he's like super into this toxic masculine role but it's the only thing where we're even able to look at masculinity because masculinity is shunned completely so I feel like all these feminine men or men who don't know anything about masculinity are very much gravitating to this because it's like, hey, this guy's talking about the things that I'm feeling. This guy's talking about the things that I'm thinking, but he's not talking about them in a high paradigm. He's talking to them at a paradigm where it's on the fucking floor, but they need to start somewhere. And I feel like one thing I'm thankful for about Andrew Tate is that he's at least starting the conversation, but I'm fucking desperate to have someone grab that baton and change the conversation to a more healthy narrative. Yeah. Um, I agree that because there is just, there are very few role models out there that demonstrate healthy masculinity. Um, there's only been a, a very small handful that I've seen on the internet. Um, that the it's either it's either Andrew Tate or nothing at all. You get Andrew Tate or a very 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 um, watered down version of like masculinity. Um, this isn't this isn't to say that there aren't there isn't masculinity in the world and in society. There is. It's just this that the um the men that we usually consider masculine they don't speak they don't like they don't they don't even have a instagram account like they they're, they're out living their masculine lives doing their masculine things <laughs> being providers and they're very stoic they ain't got much to say they're like uh i got to go get some rope you know <laughs> i got to go build something so um, it's too bad, but it's part of the reason why I wanted to have a podcast with you in the first place, because I, I feel like you have a very, um, dare I say rainbow, but you have like this multifaceted, um, display of masculinity. And I think it's, it, um, it's healthy and it's also very, um, it's an opportunity for, I think for me to learn one, because there's just a lot that I don't know. And because you are expressive and you're willing to share your inner thoughts, um, it, it's it's going to be very, it's going to be a big deal for the audience too, for us to like, to be able to see into your mind. Um, I don't know if you know this, but for women, sometimes hearing your inner thoughts is a mystery. We don't always get privy to that information. We don't always know what's going on in your heads or how you're thinking or what you're thinking about. And then when you guys say things, we are very offended, you know, because <laughs> like, it's so simple and so blunt sometimes. And so yeah. man language is a big deal for us where, you know, I was watching, um, 
I was actually watching a video. I think you sent me a video or I sent you this video. I can't remember, but there was a video with um, some commentator. I know he's an author. I wish I could remember his name, but he was talking about how men are in a deficit, especially young men, that 80% of men under the age of 30 are basically struggling in their relationships and sexual life and don't have a whole lot going on for themselves. And it's an issue, it's a problem. And he didn't talk about women at all. He just talked about men. And the very next time I saw that video, there was a woman who had stitched herself into this video who made that video all about women's issues. And it pissed me off Mm -hmm. because so often women um, are quick to call out men when we are talking about our issues and we need ourselves to be centered. We're, we're like, Hey, we're not getting paid enough. Uh, you guys keep sexually harassing us at work, blah, 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 whatever it is, whatever the issue is that we're going through, or we're not being seen, or you're not listening to us. We're quick to call you out or tell you that you're, you know, you're mansplaining to us or something like that and say that, you know, it's our time to have the mic. Well, I am saying the same thing right now. There are issues going on with men, especially men under the age of, I'm going to say 40, that are that is basically becoming a big uh, decay in society. Like if you guys don't get your shit together, we're going to fall apart. Like women had to get their shit together back in the 60s and 70s. It's now time for men to get their shit together right now in these 2020s, this this era, because there's so much that you guys are behind on education, pay, um, work, emotional development, uh, spirituality. You basically are hanging on by a th- health like women are stronger than um than they used to be. I don't know if you you heard that recently that came out that women are physically stronger and men are physically weaker now. So like it, there's a lot that you guys are behind on and somebody needs to talk about this and somebody needs to give the floor to men and we need to listen. So to all those women who keep trying to say to center themselves and try to make this about um, you know, men shouldn't have the right to sex or something like that. I, I can't remember what her message was, but she was making it seem as if he was trying to blame men's problem on women. No, that's not what he was saying. He's saying that there is a problem with how society is setting up men to basically fail. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do find that whenever I talk about men's issues, it's always like a, oh, but well, women deal with this or, <laughs> and it's like a competition of who has it worse. Um, I hate the oppression Olympics, by the way. Yeah. It's really ridiculous. It's like, I find that there are people in power and uh, their way of keeping us distracted is just by having us focus on race and sex, like hyper-focus and argue constantly. It reminds me of what happens in the Middle East. <laughs> <laughs> we're all so separated because uh, we're right. having arguments that aren't even ours to begin with. But um, yeah, it's an uncomfortable thing. Uh, I don't really have much to say on it right now, other than like you said it. You said it perfectly. Um, but it does affect me and every man I've ever talked to on a day to day basis. I think the way we talk to each other, like when we're talking to the same sex, is a lot more direct because we are sitting in the same shoes We're, you know, we're, we're sitting in the same shoes. We, we understand the experience of being a man. You understand the experience of being a woman. I can only put myself in your shoes for a limited amount of time. And even then I'm still not encompassing your whole reality and how you feel about something. Right. Um, so I find that a lot of times when we're, when men and women are having arguments, there's, they're way too stuck in their perspective to see eye to eye. Uh, that's that's one reason I, I wanted to have this podcast. I just wanted to help men understand women and women understand men so they can have a decent conversation. And this podcast isn't easy because we're, we're talking about difficult topics in a very nuanced way. We're trying to walk this thin line while Andrew Tate is not. Andrew Tate is like, he just cares about his audience, which is men who are going to gravitate to it. Women only want <laughs> to talk to women. Even that, that there's a female version of Andrew Tate I don't know what her name is, but I've seen her around on TikTok. Like she's Drew Arafala. Yeah. So even her, like for her, she's has her audience. Her audience is men. She's not trying to 
have everybody understand. But the thing is, I find that those very extreme conversations are very magnetic because when, when a man hears someone talking like that, they're like, oh my God, someone understands me and they go towards it. They run right at it. Well, when you're having a nuanced conversation, sometimes people are like, yeah, but I want to talk about my thing. I want to talk about my problem right now. Um, but I, it's important. Yeah, I, I find that it annoys me when, um, you know, like if I'm, if I'm, if I'm among, amongst women, like you said, and we're talking about women's issues and we're like, you know, just getting it off our chest, preventing like this is going on and blah, blah, blah. You know, that's all fine and dandy, but I don't care to stay in circles um, of people who refuse to have any empathy for men at all. Like the, that's hard for me, um, especially considering that, yes, we know that if there was a competition as far as like who would be <laughs> more delightful as a as a gender, we already know who would win. I mean, it's pretty that's that's not a, a, a competition at all. But what I find really interesting is that women no longer see the value that men bring to the world and society. And that bugs me because I'm like, wait a minute, you can see all of your value. And we know women bring a ton of value. And I understand for years and years and years, for centuries, actually, for centuries and decades and years, it, it went unacknowledged. Women just did the shit work that men didn't want to do and they supported them and, you know, and they got no credit for it. Yeah. So now that I don't want to say the table is turned because it's not really turned that much, but women are able to get more credit for their work. And it's perfectly fine for women to um, acquire businesses and um, create a lot of success in their lives and have more power. Ultimately, they want more power in the world. And this is these are this is a good thing. Um but now there's kind of this almost underlying uh, feeling that men are valueless and you don't need them at all. They don't add anything to your life. And I know that there are women that could live completely without relationships with men and, you know, that they don't see the, they don't see the value in it, but to, to believe that men as a whole in our society, especially with what we have now, we would not have gotten here without men. Yeah. Like we, like anybody who thinks that, oh, you're completely independent. You're not independent. Do you grow your own food? I don't think so. Do you go and sew your own fabrics and uh, we, sorry, thread, weave your own fabrics and make your own? <laughs> well, like, okay, so just how, just how before, women were being undermined by men, like men would, would hear the way women would talk and be like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, this is crazy talk. I don't know. I'm assuming that's what was happening in the 60s. That's how it is for men right now. Oh, yeah. So in, the, in a way, the tables have turned where we we can't really, like where when we talk about men's issues, that's the look we get. That's what it is. Like yeah. where we, we get like, uh, okay, like, okay, like, it's not that bad. Like you're, it's because women don't realize they don't recognize they've been raised in a society where, uh, especially young women have been raised in a society where their issues have been put at the forefront. You know, uh, we need more women in STEM work. So <laughs> let's get more women in STEM work. We need more women, uh, entrepreneurs. Okay. Let's make sure there is funding for women entrepreneurs. We need more women in law, med medicine, all this, all these great feats, all these, um, affirmative action, uh, steps that were taken to include more women, um, have kind of spoiled them, you know, like, and I'm talking about women who are all the way up to like, you know, in their mid fifties, I know women in their mid fifties who really benefited from affirmative action. Um, and they don't acknowledge it at all. They don't acknowledge that that was, they got, um, a leg up and, uh, a leg in. And then also that, you know, school is favors women, you know, like the way school is set up is education is 100% beneficial. I mean, 
you know, like this week I was working on a couple of things and it was really easy for me. Like I took, you know, five pages of notes on something and did a book outline and did a bunch of studying. And this is just something that I do because I'm interested in something, you know, this is the way my brain is organized. I wasn't like the most fantastic student in the world, but I was a pretty decent one. And I know for you, it's a struggle. Like your brain works differently. And I, I recognize that, but you still bring a fuck ton of value to what we do. Like I would never go, oh, well, because you don't have the skills that I have, you're well, not as valuable. Like, are you well, kidding me? <laughs> another thing is like in school, like I did badly, but I did badly because I didn't want to, I didn't want to try. Um, but I knew if I applied myself, I could have uh, that being said, women, I felt in my high school did way better and they were clearly more mature than I was. <laughs> like, yeah. We're two to three years ahead of you. And... Yeah. So I'm basically 22 right now or 24. <laughs> Actually, but... your brain is fully developed. So you're, no, I don't think so. Okay. It is. I you're, think I, think I need a... it will be, well, I put it back in the oven or something. <laughs> I, need, I need more, I need more development. Can I tell you something though? Yeah, please. Once you turn 30, I'm really excited. I'm going to be super, super excited. Why? Because then, then, I, then I have to show up again because then I won't be. <laughs> Why? What's, what's with 30? I just felt like so many of the skills that I felt like I was lacking and all of the confidence that I was lacking within myself with the skills just all of a sudden came together. As soon as I turned 30, I got like this extra boost of confidence that I'd never had. And I'm not sure if it was just because it was the right timing or whatever, but I've heard other people say this too, yeah. where you just really dig into yourself and you know what you are and you know what you're capable of. You're just way more self-aware than you've ever been in your life. So. I definitely, I definitely feel like I am getting more like sure of myself every year, two, three years, I think two years ago, is when I actually started to feel like an adult where I like would look around and be like, Oh, I'm a fucking man. Yeah. Yeah. And I would even, I would look at guys my age and I would be like, yeah, you, you got some growing to do. <laughs> it's really bad. But I, I definitely feel that there's still self doubt. I don't know if that's ever going to go away though, but I, I definitely will think that I ha will have more of a hold on it by the time I'm 30. Yeah. I would say like, for me, self-doubt is more about like, do I want to do this? It's, it's, it's not, if I can do it is, do I really want to put time and effort into this? Cause if I do, it's going to take away from something else. And I just don't value time being taken away from me. Um, they even say that if you want to feel rich by time, like if you want to feel rich buy time, buy you hire somebody to do your uh, cleaning and your laundry, hire somebody to do the stuff that you don't want to do that eats up a lot of time and uh, you will feel wealthier. So, so. something, so on that topic, um, I, I was in my group and someone was sharing that their, their bill for Uber eats. And I was like, yeah, me too. <laughs> and, um, I was just like looking at, it, I was like, holy shit, how much money am I spending on Uber Eats and Uber? And why am I doing it? It's because I don't want to cook. I don't want to clean. I don't want to do anything. I don't have time for it. And also like there's certain days I'm working so much. There's literally no time. So I went uh, to this website. It's like a Vancouver local thing. That's like called Fed. It's like fedfedfed.ca or something. But if you're in Vancouver, it's great. And it's, they, they do like meal preps and I'm going to, I'm starting this week. So I'm like on, on Tuesdays, I'll have like two, like Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and basically all the days that I'm working, I'm going to have one to two meals delivered to me. And they deliver every couple of days. I'm fucking excited. And if this works out for me, then like, that's all I'm going to do. And it's going to be so much healthier and I'm not going to be spending so much money. I'm actually, it's embarrassing how much money I've, I spent on Uber. It's like on Uber Eats. Like I spend about 40 bucks a day, twice a day. Wow. Um, yeah. And it's like, I try not to, it's like, it's like, it's not the question in my head. Isn't should I buy Uber eats? Like it, it's more about, should I buy Uber eats twice today or three times today? Like, should I make a meal once today or should I just buy Uber eats twice today? And you know how, like when you, you know, I love my mom's food 
but you know, when I have it every day, I kind of get bored of it mm-hmm. after a while. I'm bored of all the food on Uber Eats all around me because I've had enough of it. I'm like, eh. so yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm excited to like eat more consciously and also not waste my time because like I try grocery shopping and I just have the groceries go bad every time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it'll, it'll take some time for you to get confident in uh, what you want and how to, to meal stuff, meal prep. Um, I also use a meal delivery service. It's called factor 75 oh. and um, I'm trying to gain weight as you know, and um, I need high caloric meals and something, a mistake that I made um, initially when I tried to do meal prep service was I went for just like, you know, the everyday meal prep service and without really realizing that most people are trying to lose weight. So there is, their meals are calorie restricted. And so I would be eating four or five times a day and still losing weight and be like, and be pissed (laughs) and like dying as I'm getting skinnier. And I'm like, I don't want to be bitter. I want to be bitter. And, um, and so finally I Googled good old Google, Googled a, a high caloric, um, meal plan. And it's so great because I can like one, the meals are so good. They're so good. They're like high calorie, high fat, high, um, just like everything I need. It feeds my brain. I feel so much better after eating the meal. So I'm really excited for you because I know when I'm eating right and, you know, sleeping, I just feel so much better. So, yeah. And you've seen me like when I'm working, like I, I forget to eat. You would, you would like bring me food sometimes. You're like, eat. <laughs> I know. I know. I miss yeah. our, our uh, coffee in the morning though. I have to say like, I, that was like one of my favorite moments of like you being here and visiting. Yeah. It was like, we'd have like breakfast and like these little 15, 20 minute talks. It was just like, oh, <laughs> what's the tea? Yeah. Coffee. Yeah, it was it was like coffee with cow. <laughs> Ooh, that sounds Ooh, like fun. I'm, I'm like, I should just because I'm I, my most of my energy is in the morning. So I can just like wake up and just be like rant to the rant to the camera. Be like, hey, you should. I'm pissed off. I'm pissed off. Here's why I'm pissed off. Oh, my God. OK, so um, I've got all these goals for the year. And I'm noticing that I'm coming up against some limiting beliefs. And one of the things that I got to work on while you were here, which I did not, was not trying to use you for your knowledge, but it just seeped out of you because you're just a natural mentor was I got to work on limiting beliefs. Um, I would like you to share some of like that with our audience, because Honestly, it really helped me um, get through to the next level of my life and to like figure mm-hmm. some things like it got, it helped me get to know myself better and understand like what I really wanted and why I was holding myself back from it. Yeah. Um, well, beliefs are, the beliefs like really dictate this, the, the current Right. Like, like say you have goals in life, whatever the goal is, it's like, let's say it's at the end of a river. The, the, the direction that water is flowing is according to your beliefs. So like, let's say the goal is I want to have a healthy relationship and your belief is I can't have a healthy relationship. I'm toxic or I only date toxic people, whatever you have a a stupid fucking belief. (laughs) what ends up happening is that that when you're swimming towards that goal that current is very strong and it's pushing against you so you can put in as much work as you want but as long as that belief that software is running it's you're going to be even putting 10 times as much effort you'll barely move and the moment you give up on yourself you fall back right so changing your beliefs is all about changing that flow of current it's not about okay, now I believe something completely different automatically. It's still going to take work. It's still going to take action. But 
the, the process that I took you through is all about setting up that belief so that as you're living your life, you are slowly shifting that current and until you believe it concrete and, and you're there. Um, but yeah, I, I, do you want me to go through what the process is or? Yeah, I do because I definitely am coming up against some other limiting beliefs that, you know, I, I want to, um, I want to restrict <laughs> and, and grow from. Oy, I feel like such a hypocrite now talking about my birthday and I'm like, oh, I should work on that belief. Uh, anyways. <laughs> it's okay. We're human. So we get so, to be human on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. So first of all, before you even start this process, you gotta, you gotta ask yourself, do I actually want this? Because um, if you don't, then this isn't going to work. It takes so much effort and will to stay on this, that if you're just half-assing it, it's not going to work for you. So first, take it seriously, if you're, if you're going to do this, uh, and understand that it's not a quick fix. It's not a, um, like a pill that you take or a magic wand that I'm going to wave at you. Okay, so the first step is what is your belief? So what is this belief that you have? So maybe the belief is, I hate my birthday. I always have a bad day on my birthday. Okay, second step after you decide what the belief is. And when you write the belief, I want you to write it as one sentence, like one statement. Like, I hate my birthday. I always have a bad time on my birthday. That's one statement. Next is, where did this belief come from? Right, so... At this point, you want to look at your past and see where did this belief start? Like, when was the first time I felt this to be true? When was the first time I thought to myself, yeah, I hate my birthday. I always have a bad time. So maybe I'll go to when I was like eight and my dad gave me a toy from the dollar store, right? So I'm like, okay, that was the first time I felt like I hated my birthday. Then step three is what emotions are attached to this belief? So sadness, loneliness, isolation, anger, resentment, you list a fuck ton of emotions, as many as you can. Even if the emotion is there only like 5%, you want to write it down because anything you don't write down, that's going to be residue that you'll have to deal with later. Once you write down those emotions, then the step after that is, do you understand that this belief that you've been carrying is neither true or false? Like it's neither, it's both and it's neither. It doesn't matter what it is. So I hate my birthday. I always have a bad time on my birthday. Is that true or false? It's both. It's both true and false. Because I've had happy moments on my birthday and I've had annoying moments on my birthday. So it's kind of gray. It's both true or false. It doesn't matter. Now, the second part of that question is, is this belief adding benefit or is it detrimental to your life? And that's when you look at the current. Is it pushing me away from my goal? Or is it pushing me towards it? If it's pushing you away from it, it's, a, it's clearly detrimental. So you write down, this belief is neither true or false, and it's detrimental to my life and my goals and what I want to accomplish. Step after that, you think about what is it that I want to believe? If I could believe anything instead of this, what would I want it to be? What would the belief be that would take me towards my goal? So maybe it's like, oh, I love my birthday. I love celebrating my birthday. I always have a great time, even by myself on my birthday, right? And that might be the belief I, I want to carry. Now, saying it like that, what you're going to find is resistance. Like right now, my body, I'm like disgusted with myself saying that. I'm like, ugh, my birthday? I don't want to fucking say that I enjoy my birthday. Because it, to me, it's not true. I'm like, well, who am I kidding, right? Like, who am I kidding? So this is the point where, give yourself a break. Okay. It's not about, do you believe this yet? It's about what would you rather believe? What is it that's going to take you to that goal? So you decide on that. And then the next step is creating a bridge. Okay. This bridge is going to take you from your old belief and it's going to be a walk to your new belief, right? Now this bridge isn't supposed to be somewhere in the middle. It's not like, oh, I kind of like my birthday. No, we're not, we're not aiming for the middle. We're still aiming for this new belief, but what we want is we want to remove the resistance and the responsibility from it. So what we do is we say something like, I allow myself to enjoy my birthday and that whenever I'm even alone on my birthday, I have a great time. I, that I allow that I always have a great time on my birthday. Saying I allow isn't saying I, I do, it's allowing it like room to breathe. You're allowing space for that to be true. 
So that bridge, that's going to be the key to changing your belief. That is something that that's going to be the affirmation. That's going to be the affirmation, not the I am, the I allow. That's going to be the affirmation. So we have that down. We put, we'll put that to the side for now. The step after that is, okay, now we did all this work. We set up the foundation. You need to make a contract saying that you're willing to actually stay with this until it's changed, until the current has flowed the, the other direction. You make a contract for yourself. You sign it. You put it away. You read that every morning if you'd like. I don't care. But you make a contract. Step after that, you want to start looking at this new belief that you have, and you want to look at your memory, look at your past, and find anywhere in your past that resembles that to be true. So yeah, when I was three, I had a great birthday. My whole family was there. Uh, when I was 12, my family decided to invite a bunch of my friends from elementary school, and we had a great time. So like, I'll list out like examples of look, it's, this is not this is true. I, I do enjoy my birthday. Right. And then that what that does is it makes the makes the process a little bit easier. It kind of removes a bit of that resistance as well, but it doesn't change your belief completely. It's just showing you that even in your past, you could have looked at things through this lens, but you were focused with this other lens of, of I hate my birthday. <laughs> right. So once you write down your past, you'd want to write five to 10 examples at least, but the more the merrier. And these examples can be big or small. Like the first belief I ever worked on was I'm socially anxious. I can't talk to strangers, right? And then the new belief was I'm confident. I'm bold. I can talk to whoever the fuck I want, however the fuck I want, whenever the fuck I want, <laughs> right? And I had to find evidence for that. A big piece of evidence for that for me was uh, I did theater, right? So I did theater. I get on stage. I could do that. That's fine. It's a bunch of strangers. I could do it but I was in a character. So it, was, it felt a bit different, but that's evidence that I am confident. Look, I can get on stage. And a small piece of evidence for me was I can order a Starbucks coffee without having an anxiety attack. Right. But that was still, that still fed that belief that I'm confident. So you want to find big or small examples that show that your new belief is true, even a little bit. And then after that, what you do is you take that bridge that we wrote out. You'd make that your wallpaper on your phone. And whenever you use your phone, which is probably too much, you will have a peek at that, that, that uh, affirmation. And it's just going to remind you to align yourself in a way that you can notice that this is true. And that's all it takes to shift is you want to notice that this is true consistently. And as you do that, it's kind of like uh, one of those teeter, teeter, uh, I don't know what they're Seesaw. called. Seesaw. Seesaws. Yeah. It's like your old belief is here. It's very heavy. It has a lot of evidence. You want to keep stacking evidence by noticing and then eventually, boom, it'll click. Like at this point in my life, there's no part of me that feels like I can't talk to strangers, but yeah. there was a time when I felt that, right? So, yeah. And by the way, we, we did this guys over the summer and it was amazing. Our, the results came in real quick. <laughs> you want to share the one that we worked on with you? Sure. So um, when Cal came to visit over the summer, I kept saying things like, oh, like only certain types of guys are into me. And they're like basically guys that I wasn't into or whatever. And I was like, I don't want to say the type because, you know, <laughs> but certain types of guys were into me and I wasn't into them. And, um, the, you know, like, that's just what I'm stuck with. And I probably said it like three or four times. And finally, you're like, why do you keep saying that? Like, first of all, you know, you went through the process with me and you're like, just say, I allow everyone to be attracted to me. You know, like I, I allow, and I was like, okay, didn't really think much of it. And, um, it was kind of interesting because I think the day you said that, that was kind of when I started noticing that, um, I was getting attention. It was just attention. I hadn't noticed before. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then like we went out to the nightclub for boot camp, I think night one. And I think I got hit on by like maybe one or two guys. And it was, but they were fun. And they were like actually guys that I was kind of, I was like interested in. They were, you know, like it wasn't a hit or anything, but it was just like nice to be able to talk to somebody that was more attractive to me. And so that was enough evidence for me to go out the next night and get hit on by like a ton of guys. 
<laughs> like you were so annoyed. Oh my god. I was like, where's Patricia? <laughs> like, I'll be right back. Come here. <laughs> so it was um, it was and it was, oh my god, there's so many varieties, and they were oh my gosh, some of them were super gorgeous and fun and they had great energy. And like, you know, and even though at that point I wasn't, you know, into anybody, um, it was just it was nice to get that um, belief out of the way, because now I don't have to, like, I, I just don't feel like that's the thing for me anymore. Like, I feel like, um, okay, well, I allow everyone to be attracted to me. <laughs> it just, yeah. it just is, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, um, it's, it's, it's nice to have that, um, focus shift, um, and to feel like I'm in a different way of being. I'll say that much. Like, it's just like, oh, okay. That's just something I no longer have to like really be subconscious of. So Mm -hmm. thank you. (laughs) Of course. I'm glad. Glad it worked out. A lot. The thing (laughs) is a lot of, a lot of people, a lot of my friends come to me with like problems. And I find that when people don't pay me, um, they don't take my advice. So I've given this advice to a few of my friends and they won't, they, they'll be like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. They, they'll be like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's because they just want me to listen to them, right? They just want me to listen to their bullshit. They don't want me to fix it. Right. But I like, I like when people want me to fix their bullshit. Oh no, no, no. Fix all of my bullshit. Yeah. Fix all of it. I'm going to bring all of my, I'm like, Reverend Cal. <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, I just know that I, um. I was really impressed with how you think and how you operate and how you speak to people. Um, I know that I witnessed you um, on a few calls with a few different clients and some of them were very impressive people and you did not give a fuck. You, you spoke to them as if they were your little brother or something and they responded and respected you uh, regardless of like the age difference the socioeconomic difference they it did not matter you were there and I'm like that is so attractive um, and I feel like it's a skill that can be acquired and it it costs you effort and time and that's it to do this but it's, it's life-changing. You gain so much from it, you know, so much from it. There are so many life experiences I would not have had, had I not done that with you. Thank That's you. crazy. Yeah. I, I love that. And so please. Yeah. Don't just listen to this and shake your head guys do this. Cause it actually works. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it does. <laughs> do you like being a guru a mindset guru um yeah a little bit a little bit <laughs> yeah well I, I i want us to in this this year of our lord 2023 <laughs> i do want to start showcasing our talents like mm-hmm. i'd like to for you to you know go into what makes cow cow obviously you don't have to share everything we're going to write a book by the way about this and a lot of the stuff anyway and then i want to um be able to share what i know about empathy and how it really helps with building instinct and for women gut instinct you know specifically um i was coming across a couple of things as i was uh, working on my book proposal and i was like well how was i able to do this from this and i was like oh yeah I built my gut and, you know, we already know that gut and energy is typically very masculine, but, you know, obviously women, we need our guts to, we need, you know, like we have to have gut instinct, but in order to make your, um, your decisions in order to have uh, faith in your decisions and trust yourself, you have to have a strong gut. And I'll give you an example if you want. So... (laughs) Um, a couple of years ago, I was working for a company and they, it was uh, right before the pandemic, I was supposed to get promoted. Pandemic happens, that promotion goes away completely, just like disappears. They still want me to work for them. Um, but uh, in the interim of the pandemic starting and 
them deciding that they still want me to work for them, I decided to start a business. I had this great idea for a business um, with what I do, which is teach ballet to kids. So I started um, an online business. Um, I learned a few things, a few skills. I built the website myself. It was great. I was having a great time. Like it was so much fun to build a business. It was like, oh my God, the kids and the learning how to advertise and learning how to build a website, all that stuff was like a lot of fun. And I put a lot of energy into it. And so the job um, calls me and they're like, hey, we want to talk to you. We have an offer for you. And they call me and they tell me what they want. And it's just not in alignment with who I had become. Like my, my gut was like, literally I was planning to say yes and accept their offer, but I couldn't, like my body wouldn't let me say yes. I had to say, I'm sorry, I started a business and I can't, like, I'm not going to have time for this. Thank you very much for the offer, but I can't accept. And like, I was shocked because it didn't feel like it was coming from my head. It was definitely coming from my like my energy, the, what I believed in. And so I think that that is an important function that I definitely want to help women specifically learn how to build their gut. Cause it's not going to just help you with work and stuff, but it's going to help you in life and relationships mm-hmm. to build who you are. So you are investing into who you are. So you know what you're, you're going to accept and what you're not going to accept. Yeah. I feel you. I'm just, yeah, I, I think I'm, I'm, I'm kind of emotionally drained right now, but I'm also thinking about masculinity and femininity and how everybody is also both. And I also, I just get annoyed. I get annoyed with the word masculinity because I feel like everyone who hears it gets misguided about what we mean by it. Like mm-hmm. even you, you said like gut energy, which is typically more masculine and I agree with you, but, but it's just gut energy. It's just right. like one of your chakras. And I think right. we, just, we get obsessed with it, but it's just because most men are more in tune with their gut and most women are more in tune with their heart. Right. Most women are more in tune with their emotions and most men are in tune with their instinct or intuition. Um, but yeah, I, I want to, I want to normalize having both for everybody. Me that, too. You know, not, not making it, a man woman thing. Um, and yeah, I think, I think the day that that happens where I talk about masculinity and, and femininity and someone doesn't misunderstand me and I don't expect someone to misunderstand me, that would be the day that I like have a big smile on my face. I'm like, the world has caught up. <laughs> Cause uh, I was talking to a girl a few weeks ago and I was talking about her confidence. I was like, you're very confident. Yeah, but I was like, your confidence is like more masculine. Like I felt like her confidence is more masculine. And what I meant by that was like her confidence was very grounded and quiet and it didn't need to have much flair. She didn't have to do anything. Like it was magnetic in that sense. Mm -hmm. While like a lot of um, attraction or confidence I see in most women is like very out there and very expressive. Uh, But she was like, why is confidence only... uh, a masculine thing. And I was like, oh, this girl didn't like, and immediately, as soon as she said that to me, my level of attraction went from a hundred to zero. And it was like, I could explain this to her. I could. And I tried, <laughs> but then I was like, you know what? You're not understanding what I'm saying. Let's just talk about this later. Um, but yeah, I, I wish that when I talked about stuff like that, that people kind of just understood what I meant, but I'm, I guess that's why we're here. It is. And honestly, there is no world that I want to live in where somebody has to be a hundred hundred percent feminine or a hundred percent masculine. Like that is so boring. I'm yeah. so grateful for the traits that I have that are masculine. So grateful. Like in, in my tiny little body, <laughs> <laughs> I am very happy to um, have the, the traits that round me out. I feel like I like me because I have those traits and I like people who also have well-rounded traits. I do not want to date a man that considers himself hundred percent masculine. Mm-hmm. That is a never again <laughs> thing that I will ever, ever do. Like I, I am, I want somebody in my life who is just as special and interesting as I am. Mm-hmm. 
if that's possible. <laughs> same Z's, same Z's. Oh. <laughs> well, I think this is a good uh, this is a good place to stop. I think we we've gotten the year off to a very interesting and crazy start. I'm I'm really excited about this year. Uh, we have so many cool projects that we're going to be offering you guys. Um, so many things to look forward to. Please remember that you can find us on social media, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Um, and then also, if you have any questions or wish to just say hi, you can always email us at itstheapproach at gmail.com. We'll happily shout you out if you want or keep it under wraps and quiet. <laughs> but overall, we love you, special humans, and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.